Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. This is Katie Kuhn. I would like to offer a trigger warning for this episode, which contains recollections of and information about sexual assault. Did you know that one in four women and one in six men have been sexually assaulted? Why then, if this issue is so scarily common, is it still so hard to talk about? Today I continue my conversation with Dawn Helmrich, sexual assault survivor and chair of the Milwaukee Commission on Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault. If you missed episode one, be sure to go back and have a listen. Dawn, what is your connection to the issue? Well, um, I myself am a survivor of sexual assault. I was um, gang raped when I was 21 years old by three men. And um, I had a lot of like uh, really difficult things said to me after that happened. Um, a lot of very victim blaming statements, like what neighborhood were you in? Why were you there? Why didn't you run? Why didn't you fight? Um, why didn't you, what were you wearing? Were you drinking? And um, while a lot of times those were like really unintentionally um, harmful, they were still harmful. And so um, a lot of my life I've spent sort of trying to um, advocate on the behalf of survivors and to squash all the victim blaming that happens. And this is a really good way um, to be able to do that. What are some damaging things people may say to a victim without realizing they're doing harm. You gave us a couple of examples, but... Sure. Um, you know, a lot of times when somebody discloses that, they, um, that something happened to them, uh, the first reaction that people have is, really? That really happened to you? And that can be so harmful um, because sometimes depending upon the situation you know you may already be faulting yourself like oh i should have said something i shouldn't have been in that room i you know i shouldn't have had anything to drink i shouldn't have gone to that party and so you're already placing enough blame on yourself so for someone to question that in any way shape or form even by the tone in their voice can can make a person retract so i always use the example like when, when um, everything happened to me, I spent a lot of time hashing all the things that I should have done differently. And it took me a really, really long time to take all of those things that I was blaming myself for and to put them up on a shelf and to like leave them up on that shelf. And the minute that someone says to me, oh, I would have done that differently, I would have never let them do that to me, all those victim blaming statements come right back off that shelf and they go right, play, they play like a tape in my head over and over and over again. And it takes me a really long time to put them back on that shelf. So anytime that things are said in a way that makes someone feel like they did something wrong, um, they're super harmful, intentional or unintentional. What are some better responses that a friend, a family member can give to a person who revealed that they have been sexually assaulted? So I, I get a lot of disclosures simply by the nature of the advocacy work that I do. And um, 
over that amount of time, I have learned from many people that really the best response is, I'm so sorry that happened to you, um, or thank you for sharing that with me. Especially if, if someone says, I know you're not going to believe me, to be able to say to them, I hear you and I believe you is really important. Now, I will say that there's nothing wrong with, um, for some people with asking questions. Like, I don't mind people asking me questions, but don't start out with what you would do instead of what I did. Um, that's, not a, that's not helpful. So anything that is, helps the survivor know that they're being heard is really, really an important way to begin that conversation. When did you understand what victim blaming was and start trying to help other people change the conversation? Um, that took me a really long time. So this happened when I was 21, I'm 44 now. Um, and I think it was probably eight years ago. And it was a, I, I went out to a national sexual violence conference and I had been doing a lot of advocacy work, but I don't think that I really understood fully what victim blaming was until I went to this conference and I heard about Denim Day. And I was like, oh, that's what's been going on in my life. That's what it feels like. Um, and, and it was like really a light bulb moment for me, just sitting there thinking, I gotta stop this. Like, this is really damaging. And I thought it was just me and my situation, um, which I hear a lot from survivors, um, especially uh, ones that have been silent for a really long time. Like, they feel like, oh, this has only happened to me. And I really, I, I did have those moments throughout my life where it was like, nobody knows how I feel. And again, every situation is different, and I will never say that I know how anybody else feels about their particular situation, but I know what it feels like to feel blamed for something that I know is not my fault. What are the important elements of a good conversation between a victim of sexual assault and a person looking to support them and listen? Um, well, I would say, you know, the, the number one thing is to actually listen, like paying attention to what they're saying, um, really hearing them, acknowledging um, their, their pain and not dismissing it. I really don't like it when somebody says to me, oh, well, that happened so long ago, I'm sure you're over it. Like, you know what? I'm never going to be over this. This is like the most traumatic thing that's ever happened in my life. It changed me as a, as a person entirely. Um, so. I can't get over it, so please don't tell me to get over it. And I would say the other really important element would be um, being very candid with someone. I don't like when people feel like they either A, have to treat me different, like I'm still the same person that I was before you knew this happened to me, and I want you to ask me questions if you want to ask me questions. Now, I will say that's me personally. That's not always true for everyone. Sometimes people just want you to listen to them and be done. 
So really being able to feel that person out to find out um, whether they just want you to hear them or they want to have a conversation with you about what happened. Is it okay to ask? Yes. What they would prefer? Yes, I think it is. And again, you know, I'm making huge generalizations because, you know, everyone is different. I would say most of the survivors that I've known in my life do not want you to feel sorry for them. They're, I mean, they are triumphant. And I often talk about how we do not even realize the amount of champions that are walking around this earth that are functioning on a daily basis, going to jobs, they're um, raising children, they're married, they own houses, they have careers. You know, the worst thing anyone ever said to me is, oh, well, if that would have happened to me, I would have been in a straitjacket in a mental institution. And I thought, no, probably not, because that isn't really what happens to people. They're oftentimes become incredibly resilient and very strong individuals who have persevered through a lot. And that's a really important thing to remember. Sexual assault is terrifyingly common. When you hear the statistics, it's like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know, you could be in a room with four people in it and one person more than likely has, is a victim of sexual assault. Why is it still so hard to talk about? And why is there still such a problem with victim blaming when there are so many victims in the world? You know, I think that there's, um, there's a lot of misunderstanding um, around sexual assault. And um, I think that people still do think like, oh, it's the stranger that pops out of the bushes. So, you know, I think that people don't like to think that small children get molested. Like, people, it's, it's really hard to fathom that people would do that. And so people don't like to think about it. And when you don't like to think about something, you sure as heck don't like to talk about it. So I think that there's also, um, it's, it's one of those things that is really tough to prove. It's very much a their word against my word kind of thing, especially against, like for a, adults, I think. You know, if I was, if I was raped by my boyfriend, right? And I say I was raped by my boyfriend, you can't test for that, right? You can't test for that. Like, it's, it's, it's that I said that I said no, and I, and I didn't give my consent. And if he's saying, yeah, she did, how do you prove that? And so that's, I think, a really, really difficult thing. And I know that a lot of the survivors that I know, um, were groomed by their abuser. And what I mean by that is that they were told things like, well, this is our secret, don't tell anybody, you know, you're special, all, all kinds of tactics to, to make it as though the person shouldn't tell. 
And so there's a lot of stigma. And that makes it really hard. It makes it really, really hard to talk about. And if you have been raped and you are a survivor, it's scary to think that people aren't going to believe you or they're going to make harsh judgments about you or they're going to feel sorry for you. So it makes it really, really, really tough, I think, for people to tackle that issue. Really tough. That was Don Helmrich, United Way Data and Outcomes Manager and Chair of the Milwaukee Commission on Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault. Be sure to listen to Episode 1 to hear the rest of our conversation. Have you or someone you know experienced sexual assault? The Healing Center offers free and holistic sexual abuse and assault services to survivors and their families. Visit www.thehealingcenter.org. Don't forget to join us for a Twitter chat with Don Helmrich, Sojourner Family Peace Center, and the Office of Violence Prevention by following the hashtag DVSafetyMKE from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Wednesday, October 19th. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Rebecca Schimke, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and vocal talent for our introduction. To learn more about our podcast, including how you can offer your support, visit our website, unitedwaygmwc.org podcast.